Hello and welcome back to Experiencing Gold, a tabletop role-playing game podcast. I, as usual, am your host, Nick Singer. Joining me this week is Keith. Hey, guys. As Pariah. Hey, guys. So, uh, as you guys know, our heroes went their separate ways. You heard, uh, you heard. You, you heard. heard. <laughs> Excellent. Good job, Nick. Um, you heard Malachi's story. Uh, we're not going to recap it because uh, Pariah does not know. know. Pariah doesn't want to know. I don't, I don't want to know. But, um, I don't, don't want to know. It's more I'm like sure he's fine. Don't... I'm sure he's fine. You know, it was, as long it as was, he's fine, I don't care. It was pretty fun. Yeah. It was pretty fun. That's what I'll say. And I hope this one will be fun, too. I so, keep, I'm glad to hear it. Awesome. So, <clears throat> Pariah. Yes. You, uh, you just, you know, got this letter. You walked out. Face planted. Uh, face planted, yes. Uh, Duke, uh, saw you, or you said goodbye to Duke, and then you and Duke went the same way, and he commented it's, on how awkward it was. It is quite awkward. But, uh, as you guys exit out, after you pick yourself up from face planning, Duke says, uh, <clears throat> So how are you going to get there, wherever you're going? Well, I assume I'll travel. I mean, do you have need of... I, if, if you're offering, like, free free accommodations, I will definitely take you up on that. And then he stops for a moment and he goes, uh, I would. However, we blew up all of my caravans and carriages when we blew up my house. You're the Duke. Can't you just, uh, use your dukely powers and tell somebody that their carriage is now yours? Do you think I earn the respect of my citizens by telling them that their things are mine? Then buy it. You have money. I mean, I could. And he slaps you on the back and you, like, you know, lurch forward. Of course. And uh, he goes, I think you'll be able to figure this out on your own. Best of luck. As always, you're a great help. And uh, he finger guns you and (laughs) walks away. Oh god, he picked that up from Melakai, didn't he? He's going to do it all the time now. This is weird. I with 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 Melakai, I have the the Yoel. Oh, I do have a voice for you. You have the ring. I do. <laughs> and he goes, <clears throat> "I'm pretty sure he was doing that uh, before Melakai was." He's going to do it even more now. I wouldn't be surprised. So yeah, I mean, we, he always did it kind of mocking to me. Because you have guns. That's the joke. I know. So, uh, what's your plan, huh? Uh, I will hop an airship to the nearest city and actually probably walk on my own from there. Just walk? There aren't exactly trade routes to this destination. I would like to just hop an airship right there, but unless I run into somebody very particular... There's not going to be any direct transport. Somebody very particular. There's only one guy who really goes out into the world. Which kind of makes me wonder about this letter. How did I get it? and Where did it come from? It came from Duke, but... He said he got it from one of his carrier pigeons or something? Oh, that makes sense. Or a carrier pigeon delivered it to him? I don't know. He said something of the sort. Well, the first step is to go to the market, actually. Alrighty. And then we're going to see... Why am I talking to you? You're a ring! Yeah, but I'm the only person around for you to talk to. 
I just look insane. Oh, wait, yeah. I can do this in my head. Yeah. Briah stops for a moment and concentrates. <laughs> can you hear me? He thinks. You know, you're a lot less uptight around uh, when you're not around anybody. Well, I mean, I if they're not around, I don't have to worry about them. I guess? All right, to the market. So to the market, we look to see who's around and who's going where, and then to the shipyard. Okay. And so Pariah heads over to the market. He's particularly looking for um, one trader in particular. Okay. A high elf named Xavier, who he All knows right. frequents uh, making trade routes with uh, his destination. Okay. But he is also looking for a couple sort of regional-specific trade goods um, in a specific type of cheese and a specific sort of subspecies of, of uh, squash, both of which he knows come from that area. Um, which area? The area of the... The, the area of the of the town that I ah, am going yes. to. Um, roll me an investigation, then. Alrighty. That is a four. So, there doesn't seem to actually be a ton of activity in the market as there usually is, due to the fact that the townspeople are all pitching in, helping Duke, you know. I mean, there was just a giant explosion. Uh, yeah, just, just yesterday. So, it makes sense. Yep. Uh. So, uh, did you find what we're looking for? I didn't even see any cheese. Me either, but whatever. So, no. No. To the shipyard. Alrighty. And, so you... uh, I... I head over to the shipyard. All right. Um, again, I'm looking for any passenger ships that have specific destinations marked. Okay. As well as any trade ships that look like they might be carrying those same items. Okay. Um, I will say first, you do see the Melba Toast take off and fly off into the distance. Of course. I, cu I could have asked, but, you know, she would have <laughs> raced there before me and not not let me on. Potentially, yeah. Almost um, guarantee it. <laughs> no, we're going our own ways. You can't. No. Can't you just drop me off? No. no. You mooch. <laughs> Freeloader. You do see a couple, you know, passenger ships. You see um, one that is uh, a merchant ship, but that's going to Salt Cliff, which is not, the opposite not. of the direction you want. You're actually going even further away from, like, you know, Arin's Tower and that central area. Yeah. So, you do see, um, there is a passenger ship that's going to, um, shoot, what did I name it? Give me one second. Ah, there we are. You do see one that is going to, uh, High Top. Which is, the... which is probably the closest to port. Right. So I'll, I'll uh, take a closer look, see if they're leaving anytime soon or if I've got time to look around. You have a little bit of time to look around. All right. I'm going to real quick look to see if uh, I recognize any other airship, particularly if there are any that are being piloted by a obnoxious looking high elf. <laughs> right. As you're looking around, you don't really see too much of them. Roll me a uh, perception. 
That is a 13. So you do see a ship, but it doesn't seem to look like a merchant ship. And it is piloted, like you see the pilot, or at least you assume it's the pilot standing by it. Um, and it is a high elf. Mm-hmm. And he's got his back to you. Uh, I, I don't, I have no, like, social qualms. Excuse me, sir. And he turns around. It is, it is not Xavier. He says, can I help you? What's your ship's name? Uh, the... And he kind of shuffles his feet a little bit, and he goes, Um, the French kiss? Not the one I'm looking for. Thank you. Good day. Uh, Right. Okay. And I will head back to the one going to High Top. Alright. And High Top is going to be the, yeah, it's the closest port. It's, uh, you know, kind of beachside almost. Okay. Um, way out to the east. And, uh, you head out to, uh, High Top. You catch the, you catch the airship. And we're just gonna we're just gonna zippy zappy through this because you don't spend very long in high top. Oh yeah! As soon as I land, uh, even if it is the middle of the night, I immediately leave high top. Okay. So you just you head out and start walking because, right? I'm not gonna waste time. Exactly. Um, your trip takes you around three to four days. Uh, you sleep under the stars. Ringley doesn't talk too much except to say things like I'm hungry and are we there yet even though <laughs> he cannot eat and, and every time s- every time he asks are we there yet I say yes <laughs> he goes why no no we're not oh but, yes uh, we are eventually it's approximately you know evening time uh, actually no it's a little past evening it's probably more like 10 p.m. And over a ridge, you start hearing the sounds um, of a town that you have not heard in a very long time. Uh, are, are we there yet? Yes. Like, actually, yes. All right. So... Uh- Roll I mean, me. Well, not not literally. It's going to take us probably another fifteen minutes to actually get down to the town, but you know. Yeah, no, I I, I kind of figured. Um, hold up, though. Didn't they say that they needed your help desperately? I mean, yes. That's why I didn't really stay in High Top. It's a great place if you're really, really looking to get very drunk. I can't drink. I don't care about you. I know. Now, the reason I'm saying hold up is, uh, there's some people outside the gates. I mean... You can't sense them? Oh, wait, that's right. You're not a magic ring. No, I'm not. Thank you for noticing. Yeah, no problem. Your powers of perception are beyond all I could ever imagine. He goes, man, I can do anything. Uh Uh-huh. I just don't feel like it. (laughs) Prove it. Okay, Show me wh- where they are. Show you where they are? He says, okay, look straight ahead and slightly to your right. And then squint your eyes so you can see better. That doesn't work. Okay, if you need to focus on something, I've heard that you can make a tiny pinhole with your eye, or with your finger, you know? You know and then you, you look do, through that. If you can do anything, can't you give me, like, dark vision or ultra vision? He says, but that's cheating. Like, temporarily? But that's cheating. Fine. 
says, ugh, fine. And he gives you dark vision. Like, you all of a sudden can see extremely well. And you see, yeah, there seems to be a small encampment of about five ruffians or something like that seated. Uh, there's a couple, two of them seated around a campfire. The other three seem to be um, in, you know, sleeping bags. And then the uh, dark vision is taken away. Is that enough for you? Yes, thank you. Yeah, I'm not doing it again. Hmm. Well, so they don't seem overtly hostile right now. Um, why would somebody be camping out inside this outside of this town that nobody knows exists? Maybe they were hunting. It's awfully close to the town walls. I know. Maybe they were hunting and came back, and the gate was already closed. How many people did you say lived in this town? Well... Like, 20? When I left, like, I would say closer to 40 or 50. I see. I mean, I guess if, if, if you say so. I don't know. I'm getting vibes. Heaven forbid me if I don't trust the ring's vibes. <laughs> but hey, man, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's... Alrighty. Look, I could sneak up and murder them all. Why not sneak up and see who they are, and then murder them all if need be? Maybe I won't recognize them. Also, I could just murder them, you know. He shrugs. Alright, it's your call, man, whatever. So I, I am going to try to sneak up on the camp. Alrighty, give me one of them stealth checks. Kind, kind of as we are, uh, as we're doing the mental exchange, me and the ring. Yeah. I'm already starting to sneak up. Uh, that is a 23 for stealth. Yeah, so you find some uh, bushes, uh, like some dense foliage nearby that is growing some wild berries. And uh, they set their camp up close-ish to that so that, you know... They could eat them, yeah. Yeah. Roll me a perception to uh, survey this little encampment. They have a fire going, you said, correct? Correct, but it's it's going out. Like okay. it's a it's a it's a small fire. Uh, that is an eighteen on perception. Oh, uh, one of the tents. There is a tent. Um, it has the mark of the crescendo on it. Oh, okay. Yep. Fantastic. Yep. I told you. Just saying. Shut up. Shut up, Ringley. Alright. But I told you. I told you so. Do you, do you want, like, diamond companions? Because I'm sure we could get some settings added. But the, the diamonds don't... What? The ru I'm not the ruby. I'm the whole ring. What are you talking about? I said, do you want some diamond companions? Because I'm sure we could drill some settings into you. I don't feel pain. Oh. I'm a ring. Well, that's too bad. If a ring could shrug, it did. I get the mental image of a shrug. Yes. Just, not even the image, just the perception of a yes. shrug. Yes. Uh, I am going to... I'm going to use Mage Hand. Okay. To grab one of the still-burning logs out of the fire. Okay. And move it over to the crescendo tent. Okay, uh, first I need you to make me a sleight of hand. 
That is a 21. Oh yeah, you're very easily able to manipulate it. Do you uh, care if they see it move or no? Um, you know, I would prefer that they see it move, actually. Okay. If they're awake, yeah. I would prefer that they see it move. I would All like right. them to feel some fear. Okay. So you uh, move that, and... <laughs> well, there goes... You start the tent on fire, and it goes okay. up very quickly. Uh, it's made of rayon. Don't make things out of rayon. Uh, that's a bad joke. Um, yeah, make them out of wool, because if they're wool, they won't burn. I mean, you can... Well, yeah, well it, well, it doesn't burn very well. Doesn't burn as well as rayon. <laughs> Nothing burns as well as rayon. <laughs> um, and, uh... Three of the, uh, dudes are now dead. <laughs> the other two are... Well, you know, you just hear the screams of, you know, men being burned alive. Mm -hmm. There are two left had um, managed to get themselves out of the quickly igniting pyre. Okay. Uh, and they are looking around for you. I will, from my hiding place, fire a ray of frost at one of them. Okay. For a surprise round. Uh, aiming not actually to kill, but to incapacitate. So okay. like his leg. Okay. Uh, one of them, one of them appears to have a, uh... <laughs> that is a natural one. Joy, it doesn't matter which one you were aiming for. Excuse me one second. Okay. So, your weapon misfires. Okay. And, uh, you're gonna take three, three cold damage, and the frost blasts back, and, uh, your gun is frozen solid around your hand. So you, you have gun hand. I have gun hand. Yes. Um, which... Great. Give me a second, though. Luckily for you, neither of them notice this. <laughs> They're too busy trying to put out the fire. Um... I, I would... I would like to, uh... I, I would like to kind of use the giant pyre that is emerging to try and thaw out my gun hand. You're a hot. You're you're a little bit away from it. Okay. Uh, You'll have to make me another stealth. I'll try to sneak closer. Yeah. Okay. That is a natural one. How? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, Roll twenty man. hates me right now. It loved Connor. You could oh. you could look back at his rolls. They are. I, I really don't want to. But. They are beautiful rolls. Anyway, um, so you sneak forward. And you start crawling like an army crawl, and you kind of have your head down a little bit, and then you bump into something, and you look up, and it is the uh, the boots of one of these uh, members of the crescendo. Please, please make me an initiative roll. All right, I I will uh, stand up, of course. It'll take half your action, or half your movement. Uh, that's a natural 20 for my initiative roll. <laughs> so, the moment you bump into him, you look up at him, and you just kind of narrow your eyes a little bit at him. And the music, your music, I should say, swells to a uh, very grand, you know, loud sound. And uh, the ice kind of just shatters apart 
off of your hand. <laughs> it's your move, I guess. All right, uh, I will actually stab him with my short sword. Okay. Again, aiming to keep him mostly alive. Uh, that is a 12 to hit. Yeah, that hits. Uh, six damage. All right, he is not downed. Um, he seems to be able to survive the wound. And you know? I I would like to um, take this moment of, uh, there's a giant pyre, and I just stood up, shattered ice off of my hand, and my music started playing, stabbed this guy. I'm going to look over at the other one and just go, run. Rolling intimidation. That is a 15. All right, let me... He is, um, well, I can't really say that he's intimidated by you. It's that, and you, you don't know this, but he's more intimidated by the scarred man. And, uh, he, uh, he says, If I stay, I might die, but if I leave, I will die. There's and a he, third option. And he pulls out his longsword. You could surrender. Roll me a persuasion. That is a non-natural 20. He fails. So he lays down his sword. And he just goes, Look, I... Whatever you do, just... I, Whatever. Okay, I'm, I'm not gonna fight you. I'll turn to the guy that I just stabbed. And you? He's like, Look, man, I'm gonna bleed out the moment you take your sword out of me. I'm gonna die. I could save you. He says... I believe in the cause more than this traitor over here. I'll pull my sword out. And, you know, he has a couple gasps, and he falls down uh, to the ground, and he says, For the new... for the new world. And then he dies. I'll kick him a couple times with my boot, kind of gently, to make sure he's dead. He's, he's dead. Yep. And I'll make my way over to the guy who surrendered. And he's got, you know, he's kneeling on the ground like hands up and i will sheath my sword put my gun away pick up his long sword okay and then turn to him what interest does the scarred man have in this little hamlet he says well to be completely honest i don't know okay i mean that makes sense he seems like the kind to not tell his minions anything no, but to he... also, like, overly expose, give exposition to uh, his enemies. Um, you know, classic villain. He goes, I, I'm not entirely sure what you mean, but... No, you wouldn't be, would you? I guess not. Minion. What was your goal here? He said we were just to lay siege to the town. With... If my eyes aren't deceiving me, um, five of you? Oh, no, I am a mage. Uh, I made it look like there's a very large army out here. Oh, okay. Illusion. Yes. I, I, know, I know some of that as well. Okay, cool, I think. So, I'll give you two options. I can kill you now, or you can stay here and make sure that this town isn't bothered ever again. And I can kill you later. 
He says, I... Maybe. I, you know, I might change my mind. Or forget. I'm an old man. I'm very forgetful. And he shuffles awkwardly. And he looks at you and he says, I'm sorry. And there's a blinding flash of light. And like, you know, like it does effectively blind you. And yeah. he's gone. I was going to kill him. And the ring's just like, I, you should have. I mean, he could have been very helpful. I mean, if he can create a phantasmal army. Then he's probably also a liar. Fair. That whole thing could have just been an act. Fair. Anyway. Was... <sighs> I, uh, I will head over and see if the other dead guy has any valuables. Uh, five gold pieces. Five gold pieces. Cool. Uh, and I will look at the remnants of the tent, change my mind, and walk away. <laughs> Everything is ashes. It's still, I mean, it's still a fire. Fire's yeah, still going a little bit. Uh, yeah. It's not pleasant smelling or anything like that, though. Oh, no, it's awful. And um, still carrying that guy's sword, mm -hmm. I'll head up to the gates. Okay. So you head up to the gates, and uh, they are closed because it's around, like, 10 o'clock. Or 8, 9, 10, somewhere in there. Well... These are new. It didn't used to have walls? No, it didn't. It's a good addition. They seem well made. Yes. Good craftsman here. Huh. Are you gonna knock? Yeah, and I'll knock with the pommel of the sword. Alright, so you knock on the door, and uh, a half-elf slightly opens it and peeks his head around, and he narrows his eyes, and he goes... You! Yes, it's me. Wait, which one are you? And he goes, what? <laughs> it's me, Merrick, your rival. Come on. Come on, on Merrick, let me in. He goes, yeah, come on in, buddy. Wait, what about the siege? They're dead. Just like that? Well, most of them. There, there were four that are dead, and one that... Uh, May have escaped. There was definitely, like, hundreds. You killed all of them. No. It was an illusion. Oh. Well. That's humbling. I mean, to be fair, illusion magic can be pretty convincing at times. I guess. Of course, you could have just, you know, thrown a rock at them. We tried. They always stood just out of distance, that's probably why. Yes, that would be a good hint. There's nobody that does magic here. You could have also fired a bow or a crossbow or something. It didn't cross our minds. Also, um, you know, we didn't want any of the kids to, um, well, get hurt. Because if we had killed one of them, who knows, they may have just stopped the siege and just decided to slaughter us. We thought uh, it through. Uh, if they were going to s just slaughter you, they probably would have already. Whatever the case, it's good to see you again. God, you're always showing me that I'm... <sighs> I wouldn't be showing you anything if you weren't wrong so often, Merrick. Fine. <laughs> and he motions you in. I head on in. 
So the town has grown a little bit more substantially since okay. uh, last you were here. Um, there's actually some brick roads. Ooh, um, surprising. Yeah. Um, there's there's the well in the center of the town, which is uh, a little more ornate looking and uh, a bit larger. Mm-hmm. And the houses are more well constructed. It's not just log cabins. There's like stone foundations and stuff like that, too. No more sod houses? No, none of that. <laughs> and, uh, but he says, uh, everyone's sleeping. That's, that's fine. I'll, uh, I'll find a place to stay. I can meet everybody in the morning. He says, um, Tobin's running the inn now. Really? Yeah. Whatever happened to, uh, his, his father? You mean her? Yes, her father. I don't know. All you humans look alike. Tobin's the dwarf. Oh, whatever happened to the previous owner? Um, oh, you mean old Sal? Oh. Yeah, he kicked it about five years ago. Well, that's too bad. Drank himself to death. Just like he always said he wanted to. Then said he would. And he did. But, uh, yeah, Tobin, Tobin, uh, runs the, uh... Well, she's probably going to follow exactly in Sal's footsteps. She's a dwarf. Yes, she'll get very old and eventually drink herself to death, and then you guys won't have any booze. I've never met a dwarf that drank itself to death. Granted, I haven't met many dwarves. You've also never tried to win a drinking contest against Tobin. Why would you ever do that? I do not metabolize alcohol the same way as you guys. And he shrugs. He goes, well, whatever the case, she'll probably put you up for the night. She's awake usually around this time. Make sure you close the gate. He goes, I'm already on it, he says, as he walks over and starts (laughs) to close it. I start to head over to the inn. And uh, as you start walking over, he goes, oh, yeah, Pariah. Yes. uh, Stop by and say hi sometime. Of course. About uh, seven years ago, I got myself hitched. Oh? Yeah. You remember? as As in married, not like tied to a post? Yes, married. Why? I assumed the post. And he's just because like, I was, I was trying to be, was trying to be friendly. I'll Come be on. by. I will stop by and say hi. Okay. And he finishes locking up the gate as you're walking away. Um, but you approach the inn, still where it always was. It's definitely been fixed up, and uh, there's a uh, a swinging sign above it, of course, of that course. Uh, it there actually says. Right? Uh, the name of the bar, um, you don't remember what the old name was. You don't even remember if it had a name. But you do see that this one now does have a name. Yeah, I think the old one just had a sign that had a picture on it that was just like a mug. Beer is here. Yep. And, um, the, uh, sign says, The Thirsty Pilgrim. Hmm. I'll, I'll open the door and head in. And... Look around see... Are any of the, like, lanterns lit or anything? Oh, yeah. Um, and then there's there's a couple townies there that you don't recognize. Um, okay. They must have moved in, in between the time, in between the decade that you haven't been there. Or more. Right. You, yeah. you figure that if you had to give it your best guess, it's probably 12. 12 seems reasonable. Yeah. But, you know, if you're if you're wandering the wilderness and not actually going to any town, time kind of slips away from you. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, sitting at the bar, or not sitting, but like standing at the bar, which from the side you can see is elevated behind the bar. Like they built a step behind the bar. Oh no no no! Like the entire floor behind the bar is higher it's up just than elevated. The floor. <laughs> yeah, like like they just built a giant long step. Basically, yes. Yeah. And uh, is uh, Tobin, and she looks over and she goes, "Well, if my eyes deceive me, they probably do." And I wait. They wave. probably don't. These eyes never get that bad. And she goes, "How have you been?" Thirsty. He goes, or she goes, "I'd expect nothing less." And she pours. And I a, head right over to the bar and sit down. Yeah, she pours you a whiskey neat, and it's sitting there in front of you before you're even able to like sit down. She goes, "That one's on me. You got to pay for the next one." That's that's typical. Thank you. And she pours herself one. Cheers. Takes a very large, you know, sip, and she just says, you know, sets it down. So what brought you back? I pull out the letter. Ah, that yes. And I just kind of set it down on the counter. One of them got away. There were hundreds. Illusions. Oh. Those sneaky bastards. There were five. That makes sense. But, uh, yeah. Well, I guess, I guess I'm glad that you're here now. Are you going to stay for a while? I think I probably will. I don't know how long, but... It's good to have you back, buddy. It's good to be back. And she pours herself another and pours you another, even though you haven't finished the other. And she says, if you finish that one now, this one's free. I down it. <laughs> she slides it to you. She says, but then I'm cutting you off. Mm-hmm. You always say such mean things. One for friends, one for old friends, and a second for prosperity. And then she pours another for both of you. And sets them in front of both of you, and she goes, oh, and a third for temperance. Mm-hmm. A third for temperance. As always. And, uh, you got you pour guys... Me a, pour me a fourth. For thinker. And she raises an eyebrow. The first of my brothers to die. She nods, pours you another, and she goes, well, I, I ain't gonna feel right taking money, uh from a dead man's drink. I'll pay for temperance. Fair. She's like, just a couple copper. Yeah. So you, uh, you know, you drink your drinks. Uh, the two of you just kind of make, you know, kind of silly jokes at each other. Um, don't really talk too heavily. Like, you know, not a ton of catching up yet. And she, then she it's says... It's it's that awkward small talk that you make with a friend before you really get into the right. So like, tell me everything that has happened. Right, and um, she uh, eventually she just says, "So uh, you looking for a room then?" Yeah, I figure I'll at least stay tonight, and then I can talk with everybody tomorrow morning. All right, uh, I'll gather, you know, the uh. I'll gather the original crowd. That would be great. She nods, hands you the room key. I stagger up to the room. <laughs> yep. Because she... at this point, I'm sure she's poured more drinks. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and you, she pours. She had poured another two, and then you stagger up 
And she shrugs and just drinks both of them herself. Mm-hmm. But uh, you pass the night in a very, very comfortable bed. All right. And uh, you wake up the next morning. And, uh, you know, crack a dawn, actually. Um, as a rooster, just... That was a terrible rooster. Yeah, it was in the distance. <laughs> it was kind of muffled because somebody was trying to stop it. That sounded exactly like mine. I know. What are you... <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was imitating you. Oh, fine. Anyway. Um... <clears throat> Just muffled because I had my hand over my mouth. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yes. What do you do, Pariah? Uh, well, first I sleep in with my pillow over my head, but when that fails... <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll get up and head down after getting all of my stuff together and... A, Donning all of my various layers again. Uh, <laughs> we need to fix that. We need to fix that. I will head downstairs. Alrighty, you head downstairs, and uh, the whole because it's a pretty sizable tavern. The whole place has been cleared out. Um, like the tables and chairs have all been pushed out to the sides. And as you're still kind of rubbing your eyes as you walk down the stairs, uh, you open them up and everyone is there and they're like, Pariah! And there's uh, some people that you recognize. There's a couple that you think you recognize them, but they don't look 100% like you remember them. Um, There's a couple new faces as well. And uh, two um, kids around the ages of like, 12 and 13 or more like 14 and 15 run towards you and literally just massive hug whoa 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 and they're like uncle pariah wait here and i will i will crouch down which one is which and tom looks he goes i'm tom i'm the boy really and ellie goes are you saying i look like a boy No, I'm saying Tom looks like a girl. And she looks over at him and just sticks her tongue out, just... And they start bickering a little bit, so, you know, you probably just walk past (laughs) At that point, yeah. But, um, uh, looking out through the crowd, you see them all there. Ophelia, the, uh, the blacksmith, uh, the tall, um, uh, she is a silver dragon, by the way. Um, silver dragonborn. Uh, okay. You know, standing behind everybody, arms crossed, just smiling at you. She says, "Welcome back." Hello. And I didn't uh, expect this much fuss. And Margaret, who you know is the town elder, and uh, she looks like she may have shrunk a little bit, and she's definitely got a little like her back is a little more hunched over. She wasn't exactly tall to begin with. She was not. She's a very, very old woman. Um, she was old even when you were there. And she she's, walks forward. She's still not older than me. Correct. But she uh, she walks up to you, shuffles forward, and she goes, Pariah, 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 crouch, crouch down so I can get a look at your face. I crouch down. And she grabs your cheeks and she's like, I've missed you so much. You know that that hurts, right? Ah, it's good for you. Get some blood flowing. I, I don't want to bother explaining. Don't argue with me. You wouldn't cause stress on an old woman, would you? 
Oh, please. And she says, But what have you been up to? You uh, left so suddenly. Well, I, I needed to find out more about this world, and I left and wandered it for a bit. My curiosity never really, uh, never really left you, huh? No, I don't think it ever will. And she just nods. So, uh, well, um, I guess I should, should introduce the rest. Um. I see some new faces. Right, um, Merrick and Amy, uh, that's their, that's their baby. His name's Benji. Um, Elaine and Devden, they, uh, they, uh, have two boys now. Uh, Grant was just a, a little baby when you left. And uh, now they've got uh, Michael, too. And uh, Xavier is still off on, out on the road. I actually thought that he might have been the one who handed me this letter, but... Oh, no. I, I sent it. You, you don't recognize my handwriting! No. No, I don't. I'm sorry. Shame on you. Maybe if you wrote me more letters. Maybe if you worked on your penmanship more. How would my, how would working on my writing help me recognize yours? Don't argue with an old woman, you'll cause me grief. You're like a child to me. I am not a child, you're a child. <laughs> and she says, oh, uh, Barty and Arnie, they're not here yet. Um, they're on their way. They didn't kill each other. And she just gets this big smile across her face. Oh no, they got married. That would actually explain a lot more. Oh yeah, no. We we were all like, oh, we saw it coming. I'm not surprised. Good for them. Yeah. They make such a lovely couple. Although they I mean, they already bickered like one. I know. But uh, as you guys are talking about them, speak of the devil, Bart, uh, uh, Barty and Arnie walk in, two uh, halflings, and the two of them, they both look at you and they just go, ah, you're back. Like, in for unison. Now. And then they look at each other, and then scowl for a moment, and then smile at each other. <laughs> for now. And, uh, Barty just... You're not planning on staying for good? No. There's there's more stuff that needs to be done out in the world. Well, uh, could you explain it? Uh, let's do that later tonight. All right. For now, I'd like for everybody to, to go about their daily business, and I'll, I'll catch up with each of you. And everyone just kind of, like, looking around, and, uh... Ellie's I don't want you all to worry too much right now. And Ellie goes, But we expected stories. You always used to tell so many stories. Fine. Let me tell you about the battle in Bastion. Okay, 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 okay. And, like, everybody sits down. And, uh, I, I will regale them with a retelling of, uh, how I came to Bastion during the festival, met Malachi and Catmint, and how the Crescendo attacked, and we fended them off. Uh, multiple times, Benji, the, the four-year-old boy, raises up his hand, which is always put down by his mother. I, every single time I stop and I go, Benji? He goes, like, every single time, like, he'll ask questions like, what color were the flags at the festival? So many colors. 
What was the name of the the the, the fortune teller? She went by many names. What uh what what I forgot. That's fine. I'm sure you'll have many more questions. And just nods furiously. And of course every every question he asks is answered in a similar manner of many. <laughs> so, but uh, you know, you pass the time and, you know, about an hour passes telling the story. Um, it's still not even noon. Okay. Uh, given that they're still so enraptured, everybody's still here, I I will segue the story of Bastion into talking about how we discovered we were the heroes of the New Age. Uh, when you say that, Margaret slaps um, James, who is, uh, you know, Tom and Ellie's father. Mm-hmm. But she, uh, she slaps him on the arm and she goes, I always knew something. I always knew. I told you. I told you. And he's just like, yes, Margaret, you told me. And uh, I even went back and I talked with my mother. I met my brother. I can't think of another thing that rhymes, but I did that too. And then Benji goes, I can think of another. I'm sure you can think of many other things. And he, he just stops and like looks around. <laughs> he just goes, you broke the rhyme. Many other? Just a small clap. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, so do you just kind of just pass the day telling them stories then? Yeah. Okay. Um, essentially explaining why I'll have to leave as well in the process. Gotcha. And uh, and of course I assume that like people go off and do their own thing and might come back for another story later on. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, people are coming in and out. Um, Tobin keeps, uh, you know, feeding you alternating drinks and waters. Yeah. Just so that, you know, you can and occasionally have... occasionally a piece of food. Yeah, and occasionally some food. And uh, that's how you, you pretty much just pass the whole day that way. And the next few days, you know, it goes back to how things were. You help out the villagers with daily tasks, simple, honest work. Um, point out some flaws in, like, their defenses and work with um, James and Tobin to get them working, as well as uh, Ophelia incorporating some metal into the wall. Part of it is I want to put some watchtowers out nearby. Yeah, um, you get them started working on um, a watchtower at the front of the gates. Yeah. And uh, these days turn into weeks, and the weeks turn into months. And, uh, you know, time passes, and, you know, it feels, feels like you're home again. Or at least if you could ever call a place home. At some point during that first, during the first few week or weeks, I uh, I obviously give Ophelia the sword, mm-hmm. and tell her you may want to craft some weapons like this just for a militia of sorts. And she says, "You know we're peaceful folk. Craft them. You don't even need to use them. Just seeing all of the townsfolk with weapons will deter a lot of bandits." She nods. All right. But I think I'll hang on to them. Oh, yes. I would even put them in a locked barracks. That's a good idea. Something alike. I know Margaret will be on board with that. 
If worse comes to worse, you can see about inviting Rostovians. Malachi, my companion, is a Rostovian fighter. I've learned that they're they're very good people. They can be trusted. I'll think about and it. They, and they know fighting. She nods. Thanks, Priya. You always know what you always know the solution. Um, a couple times, Merrick. Uh, you know, well, at one point during that time, I should say, Merrick, you know, when he invites you over for dinner one of the nights, because everybody's always inviting you for dinner. Mm-hmm. So you're I like, have not had to pay for food. Oh, no, not at all. Ever. Yeah, basically. Um, but he pulls, uh, he, you know, after dinner, you guys are, you know, uh, having some scotch. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, oh, by the way, um, I got a new rifle. May I see it? And he goes to, you know, he's got a little locker, mm-hmm. opens it up, and he holds it in front of you. And he goes, what do you think? And it's made of a, like, the wood, because it's, it's wood barrel. Like, we're talking, like, a musket kind of idea, because yeah. that's how rifles are in this universe. They don't have chambers they're not, like they're, revolvers. They're, they're not actually rifled, right. are they? Right. It's so more, it's, it's a musket. It's a musket. Correct. But, uh... Um. One uh, of the, the, the very first thing that I do is I check if it's got ammunition in it. Uh, it does not. Good. Um, he's, he's like, come on, I learned from you. Yes, but I've seen you shoot, and if you learned that from me... <sighs> yeah. Um, I was going to say, uh, your, your handgun, your revolver is unique in the fact that it is the only, you know, firearm currently that, well, has rifling. Has rifling. <laughs> Which is funny. In the barrel. So, but, uh, he's like, so what do you say? Tomorrow? Want to see? Well, that depends. Where's the nearest place that we can shoot without risking hurting anybody? Oh, there's a, there's a place a couple, uh, half a mile away. Sure. Alrighty. And, uh, you know, the next day happens. Uh, there's knocking furiously on your door before the rooster even crows. I'm already up because I anticipated this. Okay. <laughs> um, while while you're awake, as you're getting ready, uh, Ringley actually, he's like, Okay, so I'm officially freaked out. Why? People like you, and you like the people. You're being nice. I don't get it. I'm kind. Sometimes kindness isn't nice, but here it can be. And the ring goes, huh. All right. I mean, out there in most of the world, kindness is tough love. Are you sure that's not just your mother? I mean, maybe a little bit, but why did you bring her into this? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) But anyway. I mean, part of it is out there. You need that in order to survive. Here, they, they can survive just fine without it. Alright. And then the knocking. Yep. But, uh, you know, he's all wide awake. He's got his, uh, he's got his, right, uh, his musket and his ammo pouch and his gunpowder pelt. Alright. He says, you ready? Yeah. All right. Leave me. So, you guys head out about a half a mile, and he's, he's got his own little shooting range, and there's a box. Um, there's a bunch of, like, felled trees in a line. Okay. And then there's, uh, you know an area where the grass is worn down and there's a little box 
and he opens up the box and there's a bunch of small carved wooden figurines and he sets them on the uh, stumps. Sets one on each stump and he goes, alrighty. And just just make me a basic attack, Pariah. Oh, poor Merrick. Uh, 26. <laughs> so he loads his musket and, you know, it's the long drawn out process of loading a musket and fires and misses horribly. <laughs> and uh, you pretty much fan the hammer. Four shots. Just four targets. And he just... Well, I didn't think you could get any better. But you did. Constant improvement is key. Says, I don't know. I think my, I think my eyes are off. Your, your eyes are off. As in, like, they're not... I'm not as young as I used to be, Pariah. You know, my mother actually might have a solution for that. Says, go on. They're called spectacles. So we just make a big show of it? No. Seems insensitive. What you do is you heat up sand mm-hmm. until, it, until it melts. Oh, and turns into glass. Yes, I know how to make glass, Pariah. I... I didn't know you were a glassmaker. I'm not a glassmaker. Congratulations on your new profession. So you take the glass. Mm-hmm. Make sure it's nice and clear. Mm-hmm. If you curve it in the right way, it'll correct your vision. Now, what if... And hear me out. And this is my idea. All right? And he puts out a hand. Gen- gentlemen's shake. Because this is gold. No, this is gold, and I'll pull out a gold piece. Just just shake my hand. I'm going to be rich. Put the gold piece away. Uh, fine. And I shake his hand. What if we added... Because you know how we can make stained glass? To, like, tint the glass a little bit? What yeah. if we did that with these spectacles? I think you'd make a fortune. Especially if you made them... Without the curve. He goes, like, fashion. Or just to shield your eyes from the sun. Like my hat does, and my hood does, and my other hat does. Yeah, why do you wear so many things? I like clothing. You should get that consolidated. I really should. You should talk to Margaret. She, uh... Oh, that's right. That's what I was supposed to tell you. (laughs) Uh, Margaret wants to see you. This is like months (laughs) in. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh but yeah. So he goes, "Yeah, no, Margaret wants to see you." Oh, all right. I uh I pick up one of the carved figurines. I'd like to keep this. He says, "Hey, anything, buddy." And I pocket it. And you guys head back and, you know, small talk on the way back. You go to see Margaret. Yep. Who um she uh r- as soon as you walk into her door, She's already running up to you because she heard it creak slightly. Mm-hmm. And uh, she says, Pariah, 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 take off your shirt. Get get, get those old clothes off just the shirt, though. I, oh, I, Margaret. I am not Margaret. a crass old woman. I didn't think you liked me like that. You're she a little says, too young for me, though. Oh, shut up. You're like I mean, a the, child to me. The age difference would be would be quite astounding. I don't think that Pariah, I could Pariah, you're going to give young. an old woman grief. I thought that's what I was doing. No. I start- <laughs> Do well, not I've give been- an old woman grief. 
while I've been doing this, I've been taking off the cloak and the, and the jacket and the poncho. And then she's like, why are you wearing so many? Doesn't matter. Well, this one is magic, and this one is awesome. And this one is sentimental value. And she says, yeah, throw that ratty old thing out. I mean... I okay. made you that one, I get to say. And she hands <laughs> okay. you... Okay, and I toss it aside. <laughs> she hands you a uh, wrapped parcel. Oh? She goes, open it, you big dummy. I open it. It's a new poncho. Nice. She says, I figured your old one might have been a little, ra- uh, you know, ratty after wearing it for over a decade. Yes. And she says, don't do that with your clothing. You're going to give an old woman grief. Speaking of grief, would you be able to do anything about getting the, the magic of this cloak into, say, my hat? She says, I'm no wizard. I thought I'd ask. You could maybe line the hat with the hood from this cloak. Wouldn't that? I don't know much about magic. Hmm. But I think that would ruin it. It might. This is too much thinking. You're giving me grief. I put I put on the new poncho and then immediately put on the coat and the ro- uh, cloak as well. And she narrows her eyes at you and she goes... Grief. Andy, they should rename you Margrief. And she just starts pushing you out. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Good to see you too, Margaret. <sighs> but again, days, weeks, months, until it's been almost a full year that you've spent in this town. Um, you celebrate everybody's birthdays. At least once. Um, where is it? Um, oh, you uh, you have to, you know, there's there's a period of time in which you have to tell Ellie, you know, I am much too old and you are far too young. Ellie, no. Also, you refer to me as Uncle Pariah, no. I am your uncle. I am older than Margaret. <laughs> she goes, you don't look older than Margaret. I am. I'm mm. older than this town. Hmm. You know an elf. She hands on her hips, starts walking away, and she just goes, I'll wait for you, I guess. <laughs> and oh um, about seven-eighths of the way through the year, you know, mm-hmm. um, you are actually in the blacksmiths. You're with Ophelia, helping her make some, you know, weapons. Yeah. And uh, a door to be to be locked away in the barracks, right? Which you have also helped them build. Yep. And uh, a door appears out of the middle of nowhere. Um, it's a semi ornate looking door, and a tiefling walks through it, closes it behind him. The door disappears, and then he turns to face you and he goes, "I made it." Whew. Hello, <sighs> Bard. He goes. Pariah, um, so, um, okay, hold on, let me, <sighs> running, running across the, the multiverse is exhausting, okay, just, even when you're taking the shortcuts. I mean, I believe it, I've watched Mother try. <sighs> yeah, she's still stuck, that's weird to me. I don't know why she's still stuck, she told us about how easy it used to be for her. Mm-hmm, she used to go everywhere, at least that's what she says. I believe it. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's right. Um, 
Yeah, there is a very large army of the Crescendo coming this way. They'll be here in um, probably two days' time. You know magic. And he says, I, I would like to stay, but I cannot. No, no, no. I just need a quick question. Yes. Are they real? Yes. Okay. And, uh... I'll, uh... Well, I mean, I mean, last time they were illusionary. Oh, right, yes, I knew that. Um, I... And he just kind of stands there, and he just arms akimbo, and he goes, I don't have the heart to tell you, so I'll just say best of luck. Um, but I also must be going, I'm really sorry. Um, and he opens up, uh, the door again. Like, he material- another door materializes. He opens it up, and he just goes... I have to go see Catmint. Uh, Malachi should be doing okay, I think. If you were, if you were wondering, I know you don't really care all that much, but yeah, um, he's he should be fine. I trust in his abilities. He goes, yeah, me too. Okay, all right. Uh, bye, Pariah. Good bye. seeing you. And he closes the door, and Ophelia's just like, she was mid swing with the hammer and has just been like holding it there, just like mouth agape. What? Well, you heard him. We've got an army coming this way. And she starts hammering harder on the sword, you know, and a little more quickly. And I, I help her with the forge. Right. Um, and she says, after like a couple, like after like two swords, she goes, wait, go tell Margaret. Of we course. Ha- this town isn't ready for that sort of thing. I'll head over to Margaret's. All right. And you creak open the door and immediately, Pariah, 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 Pariah! Margaret, 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 Margaret. Ah, what brings you here? I thought you were working at Ophelia's. I was. I had a visitor. And you didn't bring him over or her? Oh, uh, he, he left too quickly. That's very fast. Magic. You're gonna give me grief! I am giving you grief. No grief! Brace yourself for grief. Um... There's an army heading this way. A real one this time. How many? Hundreds. And there's a long moment of silence. And then the ring speaks up in public for the first time in almost a year. And he just goes, So why not stop them? I was more in the mind of I go try to stop them and everybody here gets ready to flee. And he says, there's able-bodied people here, and there's a wall that, I mean, should be able to withstand. Able-bodied people who don't know how to fight. I'm not taking them with me. He says, I don't think you're going to have much time, buddy. You're not going to be able to take on hundreds alone. Not even I can help you with that. And Margaret is, pariah! I have a sec- it's the ring. I have a- What?! Magic. Stop giving me grief! (laughs) Grief. Uh, I have another proposition. Let's get every able-bodied person together to build some traps for this army. She says, Pariah, you've saved our town many times, but, uh, can I ask you to do it again? Yes. Alright. I will need people Traps. Okay. Lumber, tar, okay. bows. Okay. Best hunters. Okay. Uh, 
Any pits that you can dig would be great. All right, I'll see what I can do. And, and let's uh, get Ophelia working on some spikes. She nods and she says, All right, uh, I'll cover half the town. You get the other? Yes. And she starts walking very briskly out faster than Margaret does, but yeah. it doesn't look like she's straining herself. She's a very, very, you know, she's got a lot of spirit. <laughs> And uh, the moment you step out of the doors of Margaret's house, the uh, music changes um, as the whole town is starting to buzz around. Everybody is, you know, saying like, you know, things like, we got to help Pariah. It's our turn to give back, blah, 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 all that sort of stuff, you know. And I'm basically using their labor without the intention of them fighting at all. Right. Uh, to set up things like log fall traps, uh, pitch that can be ignited from afar, right? Pitfalls, um, all sorts of things. Now, here's here's that very poorly drawn map I was telling you about. Uh huh. This is the entrance to the town. Hold on a second. I gotta move my character sheet out of the way. Ah yes. So this is just the uh, the very front of the there town. The town kind of developed backwards. It's kind of a long town. Okay. I want you to uh, tell me where you want the uh, traps to traps and uh, you know stuff like that or ambushes. Where should those all go? So I would like most of those to go outside the walls. Okay. Um, to which... attempt. Sorry. Go ahead. To attempt to diminish their numbers before they get here and slow them down. Okay. Uh, predominantly, they look like they're marching on the road, is what the bard said. Yes. So I am going to assume that they're marching towards the gate. Okay. And so I would like to set up a large number of traps out in the gate, in front of the gate. Okay. Not necessarily along the road, but along the road and the surrounding area. Okay. But then I would also like to set more traps on the flanks. Right. And then the last couples I would like to set are pitfalls in front of the gate on the inside. Okay. And then a line of tar. Okay. And then more pitfall traps. Okay. And a circle of tar around the well. Okay. Um, anything those, else? Those are, those are the big traps that I would like them to focus on. Um, more than that, I would like them to place any traps, barricades, or uh, provision areas that they can find reasonably, like barricade streets and things to keep people contained inside this area that has all of these traps. All right, roll me a, uh, a strength save. Strength save or basic strength check? Save. That's the same for you, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is a 19. That's very good. Um, I'm going to give you eight barriers to place wherever you see fit on that map. Okay. Uh, uh, so the eight barriers that I'm going to place. All right. There are seven streets coming off of the 
center of the town. Okay. So I'm going to place a barrier at each of those streets. Okay. And I'm going to place another barrier in front of the gate. Okay. Essentially to force them to try to break down the gate. Then there's a barrier, and they assume that once they pass that, they can charge in, and they hit the traps. Okay. Mark them down. Oh, that is eight. It is eight. Um, so no no barrier in front of the gate then, I guess. Uh, well, okay. So this is where you have to make a decision. Um, you could either, you know, try to get that last barrier made quickly, but it may be at the risk of some of the villagers not being able to get further back into the town. Instead of making that decision, can I, instead of actually assembling a barricade, put the materials there in a way that it wouldn't actually barricade anything, but it looks close enough? Like it looks like you were almost going to build it and you ran out of time? Or it looks like, like, if you're in a hurry, it looks like there's an obstruction, like a barricade, but if you basically push it, it falls over. I'll allow it. A fake barricade, if you will. Okay. I'm gonna say you're able to do that on your own, so you don't have to risk any of the townspeople. So, okay. um, that's your day one. Uh, day two? Yes. Uh, I want to make sure as many people get out and get to safety. Okay. And if they seem capable of doing it on their own, I would instead like to go out and harry the forces. Essentially coerce them into stumbling into any of the traps that are near them. Well, they're not here yet. Oh, okay. Um... They're definitely in the distance, but uh, Margaret wants to call a town meeting quick. Okay. And uh, she's like, all right, Pariah, who do you want defending with you? No one. She says, Pariah, you're not going to do this alone. I want you all to get away. I'll fight, take down as many as I can, and flee if it becomes necessary. And Ophelia steps out from behind the crowd. She must have been sitting before. And she's in, like, a full suit of, like, this incredibly, like, badass-looking spiky armor. And she still has her blacksmith's apron over all of that, you know? <laughs> uh, it's her favorite one. It, it says, uh, kiss the blacksmith. Of course it does, because that's our branding. Oh, wait, no, no, no. Our branding is it says, I'm, I'm the, blacksmith. the blacksmith. Yes, it says, I'm the blacksmith. That's what it says. It says, I'm the blacksmith. Because and, of our branding. Yes. And um, it's, you know, it's tricked out with, like, decorative spikes and stuff. And she has a giant, like, claymore. And she just says, she, sat, like, sets it into the ground and she says, I'm your backup. Fine, then. Ophelia. And Merrick steps forward. Merrick, and, I want you on he, one of the roofs. He says, he salutes, and he pulls out from his pocket a pair of spectacles that are tinted, and he puts them on, and he says, I know you said it'd be cool to not, you know, bend the glass, but uh, these things are doing wonders for my eyes. I mean, it was only cool to not bend the glass for the people that didn't need, you know. He says, shut up, I'm helping you. Okay, get up on the tallest vantage point you can. And uh, he climbs up on top of um, 
uh, one of this uh, one of the silos of the farm. And the rest of you, even if you're fleeing, I want you to grab a sword or bow, whatever you're most comfortable with, from the barracks and take it with you. And everybody's nodding and saying, "Yeah, okay, okay." And uh, James, uh, you know the uh, the father of Tom and Ellie. Yeah. He uh, walks forward, or like he comes up, and he says, "Um, I've got. How much time do we have?" About a day. He goes, "I could expedite the retreat if uh, we get some people to help me build some uh, horse-drawn carriages. They won't do be it. super fast." But it'll be faster than walking on feet. And uh, he says, I'm going to need about a fourth of us, though. Do it. He nods. And uh, Barty and Arnie, they come up. And uh, Arnie goes, I don't suppose vegetables are going to help you much. Well, you know, actually, they could. He raises an eyebrow. You guys are good at making scarecrows. Yeah. Can you make scarecrows that look like soldiers? I think we could manage something. Give me an army. Says, how many do you need? Just the front lines. Probably around a hundred. A hundred? If we're going to surround them, you can take some people to help you. All right. And, uh... They don't need to be convincing. They just need to look like people. Yeah, we can do that. All right. So I'm just going to go this off of percentages. So 75... You're at 60% of the able-bodied townsfolk. I uh, I would like the rest to... You know what? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that uh, they would be best spent helping everybody else get ready. Okay. Um, Arnie? Uh, I mean, Barty? Yeah, says, because... Because, I mean, a lot are helping there, a lot are building carriages, but then everybody else still needs to get all of their things and load them. Oh, uh, most of the people are not taking... Anything? Yeah, they're taking, like, you know, some, you know, sentimental stuff and, like, just enough for rations. Oh, then what did uh, Arnie say? Uh, He goes, um, I don't think we're going to have enough horses. Mules, anything, any beasts of burden. Cows? Cows aren't very fast, but they would work. Because what's the best way to get a cow going? Honestly, whips. Make me a uh, make me an animal animal handling actually. That is a seventeen on animal handling. Um, yeah, whips will do fine. Um, but also, um. Humorously, I mean, most animals that are ridden are kind of the same. And uh, if you can get a bunch of people to sit on top of the cows with spurs, that should probably work too. Yeah, that would work as well. Spurs. He says, Ride the cows. Giddy up. Cowboy. One person on top of the cow and the rest in a carriage behind it, you're saying? I mean, it is a beast of burden. It would go slow, but it would work. We'll put the more able-bodied people on the, uh, ca- on the cows. Call them oxen. Well, they're dairy cows. Call We've- them oxen anyway. I have one, I have, no, I have two oxen. Used to have three. Just, just, 
Call them oxen. Okay, fine. It sounds better than cows. Nobody rides a cow-driven carriage. And he looks up at you and he goes, I'm gonna start a trend, just you watch. I certainly hope not. And uh, Margaret walks up to you. Uh, oh, by the way, that's gonna take about 20%. So you're down to 40% of the villagers that are able to do something. Um, uh, you can go under 25 if you want, but then it's gonna be harder for them to get away. Uh, I'll have the I'll have the next 15% or whatever, or I don't know, what was it, 40? Yeah, you're at 40, so 15 would drop you to 25. Yeah. So 15 is the max I can do. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'll have the next 15% basically build some other minor traps. Okay, just kind of interspersed between like... Like outside, inside. Okay. Uh, a couple like short traps or spikes or something behind the barricades. All right. Uh, make me a constitution check. That is a six. Unfortunately... All the, the, you know, the people that are setting these traps aren't as able-bodied. So I'm going to say you've only got five to place. Okay. I will, uh, since they're just kind of minor traps, mm -hmm. what I will actually do once I get my character sheet out of the way, oh my god, <laughs> I'll place them along the inner houses that are okay. close to the gate. Okay. Uh, the goal being that if they see that that is heavily trapped, they'll assume that that is where people went. Okay. All right. When in actuality, people are going directly opposite the gate. Right. Um, right up here, by the way, is Merrick. Cool. Um, up on top of the silo. And uh, it's you and uh, in that In that case, I will move one of these traps okay. to just kind of be near him. Okay. Yep. And, of course, make sure he knows about it. Right. And Ophelia walks up to you and she goes, All right. Where do you need me? I need you by me. She nods. She goes, Ah, oh, crap. I should have made a shield. I mean, yeah, you probably should have. I didn't. I never really thought of it. At least, no you know, an effective one, because the ones I made for the villagers are definitely not very good for me. It's like hiding behind a dinner plate. You could always use it as a buckler and just kind of strap it on your arm. Yeah, but I'd rather be a shield maiden. Fair. And she once again drives her claymore into the ground and uh, is standing next to you and she goes, So when are they arriving? End of the day. All right. But I think once they're in range of our traps, I'm going to head out, try to drive them into them. She says... All right. I want you here in case any get through. Of course. And, uh, so you look around at the town. Mm -hmm. This, you know, once entirely peaceful, idyllic town. And it's it's become a small fortress. Yeah. And it hurts a little bit. But this has happened before, more or less. Not to this scale, of course. No, but... But... You are definitely, while you are a little heartbroken at the sight of your favorite village, you're very proud in what these people were able to achieve. Yeah. And, uh, the day passes, uh, you catch a, you catch a quick nap. It's not a very long nap because, you know, you're a little bit restless. Everybody's a little bit restless. Yeah. And 
at around 5 p.m., you hear the sound of a horn. Um, over the music. Yeah, like in the distance. Yes. I I will make sure Margaret is getting everybody ready to leave or that they've already left. Yep. Uh, they As soon as they hear the horn, um, actually, Tom and Ellie, who have kind of actually taken a little bit of, like, charge here in, like, getting everybody ready to go, they start yelling the orders, and they're like, Uncle Pariah's gonna be mad at you if you don't get going! <laughs> and then and then Ellie yells, or worse yet, he'll be disappointed! <laughs> that comes from personal experience for Ellie. <laughs> yeah. Ellie... I'm not mad, but I am disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as the you know, as they're starting to head out, um, before you can even get going out of the city, an arrow flies through the air and lands at your feet. Okay. It's got a note on it. I'll take the note off of it. And it says, um, Pariah. I know you're here. I am the commander of this army. I wish to speak to you face to face. I see that you have your army of sorts. Let's do this, you know, or not, you know, but let's do this as war is meant to be. Um, so I will go to the barracks, grab a bow. Okay. Come back, grab the arrow. This is so passive-aggressive. <laughs> and I will walk out. Okay. To meet this guy. Okay. And, uh, I thought you were gonna fire a note back. Oh, just wait. So, you walk out to... Because they're camped out kind of a distance away. Like, they're starting to set up camp and stuff. And... You walk up, and somebody is on a horse in this very, like... Alright, so I head out. Alright. And, uh, the, the, uh, the commander of the army is riding forward on a horse. They're wearing just pitch black armor. They have a very ornate, wicked-looking spear. Um, that is, it has a banner on it as well. They have it, like, you know, so that the it's, like, holstered. Not that they're yeah. holding it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. and on this, it's, you know, the, uh, this, the insignia of the crescendo, uh, okay. except the top left part of, like, the head of the skull, you know, like, the skull has been, like, broken, and inside, it, see, it looks like there's gears, like, the shape of gears is, um, inside the skull. Oh, joy. And the commander rides up to you and they're they're pretty tall but they're not really bulky and they've got you know full helmet full armor on and they walk up to you they don't take their lance with them they actually leave their shield by the horse as well and they stride forward to you um have, are you still walking yeah I've, right. I've still got the bow and one arrow yep and uh you guys stop about 20 paces away from each other so what's your name? And the figure removes their helmet and kind of whips their hair a little bit and long, like a, it's a silver blonde, like a silvery blonde, you know? Very, very light blonde um, hair like unfurls out and they 
shake it out and very L'Oreal. yes oh yes because you're worth it oh yeah and uh just bright blue piercing eyes are looking at you it's your sister athena athena what are you doing what are you doing well i was relaxing in one of the few peaceful places on this world mm-hmm you're upsetting the, you know, natural order of things. You do realize this, right? That banner is meant to upset the natural order of things, and you ride under it giving me that speech? It's meant to reset it. Now, granted, I don't care for some of the changes that have been made within this group. I preferred things when those religious nuts weren't part of it. But then again, you know... I tend to be fine with anything that she hates. Goodbye, sister. And I will light the end of the An arrow. As you're lighting it, she just says, Pariah, haven't you ever wondered how did we get here? Why were we here? We were put here by a woman playing God. That doesn't mean we destroy the world. She says, you don't get it. You're lucky. You, Duke, even Thinker, you all were lucky. You understand what she did, right? You know how it happened? Or do you know any of the details? Are you talking about the other worlds? No. Talking about us. The Machina. I tend not to dwell on it. Have you ever noticed that we're all kind of one-dimensional? There's not much to most of us. You know, Duke is a leader. He's meant to lead. And how fitting is his name? Merchant, thinker, scribe. Did it never click? Oh, yes, it did. And she gave all of these people just these wonderful traits. And then she made me. You know, you're the youngest, Pariah. I know. Duke won't let me forget it. And she smiles a little bit. She goes, I hear you were around him recently. He yes. doing alright? As best as you can say for Duke. Which is pretty good, actually. She nods. But my point is, Pariah, this woman created me. A being that craves war and bloodshed. In a time of peace. What kind of sick, twisted person does that? Somebody who understands something fundamental about most aspects of this world. You have to be able and willing to fight to survive. She says, I just don't see it that way. You never did. You never will. Do you think maybe it's because I can't? I'll knock the arrow while we're talking. These thoughts that you claim that you have, this, this is why you are the pariah, pariah. You always tended to, you know, see things from a different angle than the rest of us. You always wondered what the other question or the other answer was. But us? The rest of us? No. We didn't get that luxury. I'll draw the bow. Okay. I mean... 
You have free will. You can always try again. And she says... And at this moment, I'm aiming it at her. And she, she, you know, kind of looks at you with one of those looks like, come on, really? She goes, you know I'm going to catch it. And I aim it up over her head and release, aiming towards one of the pitch traps. Did you light it be... on fire? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, earlier, when she was talking, I mentioned that I was lighting it on fire. Right. And uh, towards one of the pitch traps that people are nearby, along with all of the, you know, brush and trees and scrubland. Yep. Make me a basic attack, a ranged attack. Uh, that is a 17. Yep. That, that finds its mark, and a portion of the army just starts going up in flames. And, uh, and I, I drop the bow. And she looks at you, back at her army, seemingly unfazed, and she just says, you, you always had to just do it on your own. You just can't. There's an order to these things, Pariah. It's called tactics, Athena. I thought you'd know it. She says, for one claiming that I have no honor, you seem to lack a large amount of it yourself. My honor is very personal and kind of morally gray, if you will. Oh, I've always known that. Fine, then. If you somehow manage to stop me and my onslaught here, I'll tell you the truth. It's a deal. She takes her helmet and actually looks sad for a moment, and then looks at you. Our existence is not a happy one, Pariah. And she puts her helmet back on, gets back on her horse, and rides off. As she puts her helmet back on and starts to ride, I'm going to call after her. Existence is what you make of it. Alrighty. So, <clears throat> do you get back to the walls? Uh, no. Okay. I instead head out towards the next nearest trap. Okay. Uh, which I don't think anybody would actually be near yet. Right. And I will purposefully, essentially, let birds notice me and stuff so that they go up, so that people might think that we have scouts out there. Mm. Essentially trying to lure some scouts of theirs over right. to us. Um, roll me deception. Uh, that is a 12. Oh, they fall for it. All right. As soon as they're nearby, I will loose. I, I'm going to say it's probably a log fall trap. Okay. So just a bunch of logs, yep. crush them all. Oh, yeah. They're all they're all dead. Um, and then I will head back towards the walls. Okay. In the interest of time, long story short, you passed. <laughs> you know, your setups were right. You divvied up the people. However, instead of having to go through all these checks and blah, 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 tell me what happens. Okay. Uh, so, essentially, I go back and I relay what's going on and what to expect to my, the only two people left behind, um, Merrick and Ophelia. Mm -hmm. And what I have Ophelia do is stand near several of those scarecrows that okay. are on the wall okay. to lend authenticity to them. Right. But, like, she's a step back, so it, it's not direct contrast. And then Merrick actually comes out with me and helps set off a few traps. Okay. As as the army is advancing. Let me make some let me make some checks for them quick. Okay. Uh and essentially I only have him do a couple, well I do most. Right. And then have him go back. 
And the goal is we we whittle down and wear at the morale of this army un- before they even get to the gate. Okay. Then when they get to the gate, uh, we use the scarecrows to essentially say, hey, if you come in here, you're going to face us. Right. And uh, they besiege the gate, take it down. Of course. And a vast number of them fall into the giant pits that we've set up right in front of that. There's a lot of dead people in these pits. By the time they manage to get some logs and boards and... Actually, um, the pits, they're not super deep, you know, because they didn't have enough time to make them really deep. Um, Enough people fall into the pits because the walls are very well made. They couldn't break down the walls. They were able to break down the gates. But eventually... So I, I will say this. Athena would know that even if you walk on bodies, those spikes will probably poke in your shoes. So she probably has them push the gates over the pits. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Is there's enough bodies there that they could probably walk over it, but they put the gates down as well. And then, uh, with Ophelia and I now in the center, we wait for mo- many more to cross the line of pitch. Mm-hmm. Which one of the gates has also been pushed onto. Yes. And once a significant portion has crossed, I light that pitch with a firebolt. Okay. And just burning, just burning a lot of them, taking out one of the gates, and chasing that big chunk of people that crossed over into the pitch right. that didn't get caught in the fire into the pits beyond that. When they panic over the fire, they just charge forward and fall into pits. Yes. And at this point. We've taken out a huge chunk of the army, a and it is... very large amount of the army. Um, and it is at this point that we resort to fighting them as they're coming over the only remaining gate. Right. Um, and once the fire from the pitch has died down a little bit, you know, um, Ophelia actually manages, like, she's like, I haven't done this in a long time, and just a massive ice breath weapon... Oh, Which funneled right through. So, <clears throat> uh, and when a few of them get hit with some of the pitch or the remnants or get hit with fire blasts or whatever mm-hmm. and start to go for the well, right. I ignite the, the pitch that surrounds the well mm-hmm. to ensure that nobody can extinguish themselves. Right. Right. Ah, that's why you did that. I didn't even yeah. think of that. Ha! Um, and it is a big well. So that makes sense. Um, but anyway, we're not going to be able to keep all of them out of it. Right. Um, we just set a fire around it. Yup. So um, I was making a couple checks. And uh, Merrick successfully uh, fended off each person that uh, nice. you missed. That was getting up on you. Just almost every single time right between the eyes. Um, Ophelia is alive. But she had to withdraw after uh, she got one of her arms lopped off about halfway down the forearm. She tried I, to uh, she tried to keep fighting, and you told her no. <laughs> I told her to cauterize that in some of the fires that are still going. Right. And move. Um, you've never heard someone that you thought was so gentle let out a roar like that when she when she you know cauterizes it, and then she looks at you and she goes, "This hurts like a bitch." It's better than death. She says, she hoists her claymore up. She goes, I'm ready. I I can still keep going. No, 
And then she looks and, at you and she goes, to be honest, I was kind of hoping you'd say that, actually. <laughs> and, of course, when I say no, it's more like, N fire, N attack. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. And uh, you have just cleaved through. There's a few remnants. A couple of them are trying to get up to the silo, which he is, you know, it's a little difficult to keep loading this uh, musket. So he's now just throwing bricks at them. Which is uh, actually working better than you would think. Whenever I have a brief moment, I will take a pot shot at one of the people that's going over there. Okay. Yep. Just kind of downing them and... if I can. Okay. And kind of... uh, usually usually I aim for the one that's closest so that he has more time to load his musket. Right. And uh, eventually, um, you know, you've worn it down to there's probably like 20 or 30 left off of... Now, you don't know the number... But it was around 300. At this point, I I will look for Athena on the battlefield. You don't have to look for her because she's striding towards you. And, um... I believe they call this a rout. And she says, Yes, but an army is, well, much like a cockroach, if you would. Cut off the head, and the body scatters. And she, you know, readies her lance and hoists up her shield. And she goes, you and me, right now. Let me think about it. She's on, she's on her horse, right? Uh, she has actually stepped forward. Like, she's walking. Uh, oh, she's walking? Mm -hmm. Okay. Let me think about it. And I'll look around to see if there are any traps near her. Uh, all the traps have been, have been expended. Okay. In that case... Let's do this. She says, let's do this. And I fire. Um, <clears throat> technically, that's a surprise round. Because she was once again expecting you to do honorable combat. So make me an attack, Pariah. Oh, I should also, I forgot to mention, as she's stepping forward, um, a new song has been, you know, roaring yeah. with her. Which, you're like, wait a second, how does she have a song now? You know? But then uh, you remember surprise, he's got the key. Surprise attack counts as advantage, yeah? Yes, it does. Uh, so that is a 24 to hit. That'll hit. For 7 poison damage. Alrighty. And she takes the shot right in the shoulder. And, you know, looks at you and she goes, Of fucking course. And she charges. Oh, also, uh, I got sneak attack because it's advantage. Because, also, yeah, because you get uh, advantage on anybody that hasn't acted yet. Yep. So, add that sneak attack damage. That's 14 sneak attack damage. Math is hard. Hold on. <laughs> 20, 21 total, 7 of it poison. Okay. And she charges towards you. And what's your AC, Pariah? Uh, 14. Oh, yeah, that hits. And Unless uh, the poncho changed it. No, it's just a poncho. <laughs> and you're going to take six piercing damage. Uh, I'm going to half that with my uncanny dodge. All right. So she flurries. Or flourishes. Yeah. Uh, going for a second attack. <laughs> Run in, you run into the same thing that Malachi ran into. Enemy crits. 
I need to take 14 damage as she gets you in a pretty rough spot right in the gut. I only get one reaction, unfortunately. I know. But uh, that makes it your move. Alright. Uh, what I would like to do is... Color Spray. Okay. Alright, so 28. Sadly, she is not blinded. Alright. Uh, and then I'm going to uh, take a cunning action to attempt to move away from her. Disengage? Disengage, and then take my movement to get as far away from her as possible. Alright. Uh, you are still in moving distance with her. Wait. That's fine. Yes, yes you are. And uh, she charges again. And what's your AC? 14. 14. Man. And I need you to take five damage. Okay. As she uh, spears you again. Alright. But uh, that is her move. You guys are basically just trading blows. Yeah. Um, I'm going to cast... I'm going to disengage and then cast Mirror Image. Okay. And so, I summon three illusory duplicates of myself. Yup. Uh, shifting position, so it's impossible to track which image is real. Yep. Each time they target me with an attack, I roll a d20 to determine whether the attack uh, hits a target instead of... Or hits a duplicate instead of me. Right. And there's... Yeah. It's one of my favorites. There. I love it. Uh, so I cast that. And she, uh, when you do that, she spits. And she goes, always tricks with you. Tactics. Cheap tricks. Is it her? Yeah, it's her turn now. Because that's your yep. action. Yep. And, um... Uh, roll a d20. And I just gotta get... With three duplicates, I have to get a six or higher to change the attack to a duplicate. Yes. So, go ahead and do so, please. Uh, I got a 15. So All she... Right. Her attack hits a duplicate. And what's their AC? Uh, 14. The duplicate dodges. So the duplicate isn't destroyed. No, it's not. I still, I still have three. You still have, still have three. Yeah, there are still four pariahs. Speaking of which, it's your turn, Pariah. Uh, I cast magic missile at Athena. As a first level. Uh, as a first level, yeah. Uh, so that is thirteen damage. All right. And I will move away from her. And uh, take a cunning action to try and hide, including all of my duplicates. Okay, make me a stealth. Yep. She gets to oppose at the very least. That is a 19. She can't find you. <laughs> and, uh... I mean, there are a lot of bodies and oh, yeah. fire and oh, yeah. smoke, so it makes sense. She raises up her shield and just steadies herself, waiting for your next attack. Uh, I am going to circle around. She's a righty, right? Yes. All right, so I'm going to circle around to her right side. Okay. The side that is not holding the shield. Okay. Um, Make me stealth when you move. I assume that she would know that I would probably go for her back. Right. Uh, that's a 14. Yep. 
Uh, Her opposing checks have not been good to find you. So, uh, from here, I am going to fire a shot from my revolver from hiding. Okay, you get advantage. That is a 14 to hit. Two 14s. Yep. Two 14s. Unfortunately, that does not hit. All right. Then I will try to hide again. Okay. (laughs) (sighs) Rogues! I know. Uh, That is a 27. She cannot feasibly uh, get that. I should just roll for to see if uh, she gets a... She found you! Aha! Natural 20. And uh, she charges towards you yelling, you know, coward. And... Uh... That'll hit. So she hits a duplicate. It hits the duplicate. And the duplicate is destroyed. There are now three of you. Yep. And so I now need to roll an eight or higher. Okay. Um, that makes it your turn. I'm not gonna try and hide right now. Uh, I am just going to fire at her. Okay. Unfortunately, you do not get, uh, advantage anymore. Nope. Because unfortunately, my duplicates do not count as comrades. Right? Uh, so that is a 23 to hit. Oh yeah, that's gonna hit. She gets 11 poison damage. Alright. And, uh, she gets, you know, she reels back, because you pretty much just fire this right into her at point blank. And she reels backwards and throws down her shield and holds her spear in two hands. And she's like, one of us is going down right here. Right now. And, uh, charges you again. She does not hit a duplicate. Uh, yeah, so she does hit you. She, uh, manages to see through. Or gets lucky. Or gets lucky. Um, and you're gonna take five damage. Uh, I am going to use my cunning act or uncanny dodge. Okay. To only take three. Yep. And, uh, that makes it your turn. Uh, I still have two duplicates. They're not destroyed because she hit me. Right. Uh, so, again, uh, this time I'm going to hop away, disengage. Okay. And I am going to fire magic missile again. Okay. Still first level? Still first level. Okay. For 10 force damage. Alrighty. So you just fire three quick shots. Just boom, boom, boom. Yep. Anything else you do? Uh, I'm gonna try and hide. Okay. Essentially try to step behind one of the pillars of smoke. Yep. Cunning or, action to disengage, I assume. Well, actually, movement to disengage, cunning action to hide. You can use cunning action yeah, to... Yeah, I know. Yep. I was just trying to think of the logistics on that one. But yes. Yes. Uh, 25. Uh, you successfully obscure yourself behind a pillar of smoke. You are technically still adjacent to her, because okay. you can only get five feet away with yeah. disengage. Um, but you are hidden. So let's see if she can find... She cannot find you. All right. Um, although, she is going to swing wildly around her. Uh, so, you know, at disadvantage. And you duck. So, uh, I am going to sneak attack her with the... Actually, no. Uh, I'm going to sneak attack her with the short sword. Okay. And you get advantage. Because yep. hidden. 
Uh, that is a 17 to hit. Yes, that'll hit. Give me some of that sneak attack damage. Uh, so that does 19 damage. Alrighty. Give me a quick second. Alright, uh, because of the gunshot going off, she knows exactly where you are right now. Oh, that was, that was with a short sword. Oh, that was a short sword. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, are you gonna try to... I'm, I'm going to try and hide back again. Okay. 29 on stealth. She cannot find you. Fantastic. Are you, I just... are you still nearby, or do you go further back? Oh, I'm, I'm still nearby. Basically, if there's, like, two smoldering pieces of pitch... I go from one to the other. Okay. Um, she wildly swings again. And still... Come on, girl. Still <laughs> still misses. And uh, it's your turn. Again, with the short sword. Okay. Uh, that is a natural 20. So, Pariah... You, you know what this means. <laughs> For 31 damage. And as your music swells, draining, like drowning out um, her own, you see a look of fear in her eyes. The first time that this proud, stubborn, blood-crazed woman has ever felt fear. And I am just going to slip that short sword right in one of the weak spots of her armor. And, you know, there's, you see a look of shock. And then she looks over at you and she goes, thanks. And I pull the short sword out. And she falls down to the ground and is like, you know, she's not dead yet. Yeah. But she's going to, she's holding her side and kind of like trying to sit up a little bit and she's, well, I I told you I'd tell you the truth about us. Please do. And I'm going to sheath my short sword and uh, my gun. And I'm going to, under my cloak so that she can't see, I'm going to pull out Cassius's cane sword. Okay. My okay. goal is going to be good. Okay. And uh, you hear off in the distance, Merrick just goes, They're all dead! We got a pariah! Talk fast. And then you hear him go, oh, wait, hold on. And then you hear a fire and like right behind you. And he goes, okay, now they are. And as soon as the last one falls, um, the town's familiar music comes back. And uh, which is really strange to look around and see a bunch of bodies, smoldering fires and right. hear but, this uh, music. Athena, she says, when Arin made us, she changed the world. And not that's not saying that we're, you know, something special. I mean, she literally changed the world. You're aware that this, this plane of existence, there's strands of music that are woven between it that connect it all. Ley lines, if you would. Much like the staff on a sheet of paper for uh, sheet music. Yes. Well, she moved one. And she drew a bunch of energy from an unknown source. And that was the spark. I don't know where... 
I don't know where she got it from, but I don't think it was good. And when I say good, I mean, I don't know if it was a life force or something like that. All I know is that the act was not a good one. And so you try to do it again. I wanted to start it all over. A full second chance. By doing the same thing you're condemning her for. And she kind of laughs a little bit. She goes, (laughs) I told you, I've never been good at seeing that other side of things. That doesn't mean you can't try. Well, I mean, couldn't try. She looks up at you. She says, when you kill me, just make it quick. I'm going to, uh... But she holds up a hand. Before you do, there's something that none of the others know in their programming. Um, not you, not any of them. And I didn't... I didn't know it until recently. And, uh, she takes her gauntlet and just, you know... Her helmet has been knocked off at this point throughout the battle. Oh, um, yeah, with one of the gunshots. Yep. And, uh, she, like, kind of, like, tears open the back of her head, you know? And in be- behind there is, like, all the circuitry and gears and stuff. And she rips out something, and she hands it to him, or to you. Yeah. She says, you know how Arin made those, she makes those modular weapons? Yes. Here. No, I'll take it. She says, that, uh, <clears throat> we all have a, a module within us that, in worst case scenario, is a failsafe that she put in, so that even in our deaths, she could use us as weapons. I can't say I'm surprised. Me either. But, uh, <clears throat> if anyone's actually going to be able to, you know change this and see a, a different way through all this, it's going to be you. So I figured, you know, you'll make better use of that than I will. I mean, and I'm going to kind of look around and gesture a little bit with Cassius's cane. I think almost anybody would. She looks up and she says, alright. You never were the brightest among us. No. And I used to be the strongest. I'd say you're a necessary evil. She says... Did Thinker... He's gone, right? You'll be the second. What was his thoughts on what happens when we're done? He was excited to find out. That makes two of us now. Just make it clean, Pariah. I'll draw Cassius's cane sword. Alright. And lob her head off. Alright. Clean as I can. Yep. So, there you are, standing in this field, or in this, you know, town. A literal army, scattered about, dead, routed. And, uh, some knowledge about the Machina. A new, uh, a new weapon. And, uh... Yeah, that's where you are. I'm going to investigate the module that you gave me real quick before we yeah. close out. Fun mechanics time. 
All right, where is it? Just a quick glance, really. Oh. It's a, it's a module to go in my revolver, yes? Yes. Okay. Do you just put it in the revolver? Nope. Okay. I pocket it to ex th further examine later. All right. Then I don't have to tell you what it is yet. Um, <clears throat> but, uh... That's, that's me story-wise saying, tell me when we're off the air. Oh, okay. <laughs> I want the listeners to know I worked hard on these weapons for everybody. It's fine. Okay. You can you can say it. Okay. But before before we do, I want to call out to Merrick. Send the signal for everybody to come back. And he loads up the musket with like the special bullet you gave him for the signal and fires it and it explodes into a, you know, into a uh, firework. And you just yeah. hear the cheering of, you know, the entire townspeople off in the distance about, I'd say, almost a mile back. And, uh... Or, no, I they're will... definitely more than a mile back. <laughs> like a faint echo. Yes. Uh, hard to distinguish from, like, a breeze. Uh, yeah. Given that I am pretty badly hurt as well, I'm going to collapse next to Athena's body mm -hmm. and take a closer look at the module. All right. Um, your basic arcana knowledge, uh, this is... This will be your godslayer weapon. With this, any bullet fired through the chamber, or magic channeled through it, will be able to, you know, pierce the flesh of a god. Um, it's a plus three weapon, so plus three to attack and damage. Okay. Um, it has a, uh, a magic silencer. Very nice. And uh, you are able to expel a spell slot, or expend a spell slot, when you make, a, when you make an attack with a regular bullet. To add 2d10 force damage to it. Okay, so like using magic missile-ish to beef up my... my uh, Except it's 2d10. Yeah. So it's more like the paladin's smite, honestly. <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, your weapon will no longer be poison damage, though. It'd just be piercing. Yeah. But I say worth it. Yeah. So, um... Yeah. Um, the next... The next, uh month or two is spent you know helping well, the next the next like week is spent cleaning up right that's what i was gonna say is the next month or two is spent you know cleaning up getting everything back to normal and then resting and you relax and you relax very well though it always hurts a little bit every time i go to visit ophelia and she's missing an arm um actually uh you pulled in you you pulled in a favor from your mother Ah. Uh. I, I would say that Pariah probably would do that. He'd be like... I don't know. Would he? I think he'd be a little iffy on even talking to her at this point. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. So, yeah. Maybe maybe he called in a favor from uh, Duke to send over a cleric. To reattach it? To reattach it. Yeah, because you're able to reattach it. Um, It took you a hot minute to find it, though. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the fingers did get burned off. So she's missing a finger. She's missing a finger, but not a hand. That is still a uh, acceptable loss. Yes. That is also normal loss for a smith. Yep. And uh, she's like, I always expected this. After about a year, approximately a year, you stop, and you just kind of think to yourself, you know, we never said where we would meet up, <laughs> or when. You know. You don't, yep, you don't know when either. So what do you do, Pariah? Do you kick back, or do you start to wander again? Uh, I would say that, so it's been a full year since I originally came, or it's been two? 
a full year, give or take a couple days. All right. So probably uh, I would kick back and relax until almost six months un- after the battle. Okay. And then I'd start to wander again. Okay. And the first place I would go would be Grand Falls. Okay. So you pack up your bags, you say goodbye. They all leave you with various, like, you know, they try to give you a bunch of food and stuff and you tell them, no, I will not be able to carry all this. So you just take a little bit of it. Yep. And I, uh, I take I take little pieces, essentially mementos from everybody. Yeah. I'll let you dis- determine what those are. Yeah. And uh, as you set out... Oh, and one last thing I do mm-hmm. before I go. I hand in the memento that I previously took from this village to Merrick. I have with me a silver badge in the shape of a five-pointed star. Oh, man. And I give it over to Merrick. And he looks at you and he goes, I... And he puts his hand on your shoulder and he goes, Thank you. I'll keep him safe. You're in charge. Well, actually, Margaret's in charge, but you know. You, you know what I mean. The woman's never going to die. She'll no. always be in charge. <laughs> and you just hear from a like a short distance like, stop giving me grief <laughs> but uh you pack your bags you set off on the road yep and uh the thoughts of uh you know your companions whom you haven't seen in a year you know kind of cross well, your mind at this point year and a half it's, yeah about a year 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 and a half ish and the ring Like, as you guys are walking off, he just says, Okay. I know I haven't, like, said anything for months. And I was so enjoying it. That was dope. You mean the village? Because yes. I meant the whole thing. The village? You, like, actually being nice to people? You fending off a giant army? It was amazing. Just think, you could have helped me. And he says, ah, there's rules, but... You'll have to tell me about them sometime. Yeah, some other time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Experiencing Gold. Uh, That wraps up, I believe, all three of our uh, solo arcs for our heroes. Uh, Crediting for the music for this episode goes to Paratune, Ferna, and Kevin McCloud. You can find links to all their stuff down there in the description, as well as links to our social media stuff so you can check us out. Come say hello. Tell them, hey, Nick, you say um way too much. We're making a drinking game out of it. So, you know, you can do that. And that's okay. Even though it makes me a little sad. But anyway, next time, all three of our heroes should be reunited, and we will see what happens next.